Have you been affected by the suicide death of a beloved friend or family member? If so, you're probably facing many unanswered questions. We hope to discuss some of them today. This is What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life with your host, Marshall Adler. Marshall lost his own son, Matt, at the age of 32 and has since dedicated his life to talking to people who have also been affected by suicide. Now, here is Marshall Adler. Hello. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast that is now in its 13th episode here. And I wanted to tell you that this actually is going to be the final episode of the first season of this podcast. And as you know, the for those listeners who've listened to the uh, entire series, I really appreciate you doing so. And for those listeners who haven't, uh, obviously the title is What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. And for the final episode of this first series of podcast, I really want to address the lessons that I have learned from the passing of my son. And I like to start out by talking about some of the foundations of my life that have led to the lessons that I will address in this podcast. I'd like to start out by talking about my heritage. As people who've listened to the podcast know that I am a Jewish American and I have been going to religious school my entire life. As a young child, going to religious school was always something of a chore, but as I've gotten older, I was always able to get many things out of the services that I knew would help me in my life down the road. And what I want to do is to read you, the audience, a portion of the prayer that is said by Jews throughout the world on what's called the High Holidays, which consists of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, and Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And I've been reading this prayer for my entire life, but after my son Matt passed away on July 22nd, 2018, it gave me a new meaning reading this, and I've now gone to two different um, services since Matt's passing for the high holidays and read this and has really affected me. So what I want to do is read this prayer to you and let you understand the lessons that I've learned from it. So I'm quoting the prayer. On Rosh Hashanah, it is written. On Yom Kippur, it is sealed. How many will pass away from this world? How many will be born into it? Who will live and who will die? Who will reach the ripeness of old age? Who will be taken before their time? Who by fire? Who by water? Who by war? Who by beast? Who by famine? Who by drought? Who by earthquake? And who by plague? Who by strangling and who by stoning? Who will rest and who will wander? Who will be tranquil and who will be troubled? Who will be calm and who will be tormented? Who will live in poverty and who in prosperity? Who will be humbled and who will be exalted? Again, reading this as a young child, I was able to get some insight into it, but as I grew into adulthood and had the unfortunate 
life events that everybody in this planet does of losing loved ones, you truly understand that these are incredible words because life ends with death. It's part of the life process. And the grief process is a result of the amount of love that you had for the person that passed away. And in my situation, obviously losing a child is my son, Matt, at age 32, is the strongest love a person can have on this planet. You can love your wife, you can love your parents, but the love for a child is like none other. And my interpretation of this prayer is something that my mother always told me, that she truly believed that there were things that were predestined in the sense that she did believe they were already written. She had an interesting theory about this because she was a very big believer in astrology, and I never really believed it or understood it, but it's an interesting theory because her research concerning astrology was that once you were born and took your first breath on this planet, however the stars in the universe were aligned at that second was imprinted and that was your blueprint of your life. And the life you led was already predetermined by that breath. And again, as a young child growing up or young adult, I never really agreed with my mother's understanding of astrology and why she thought it was so valid. But in some ways, her research and the theory of astrology, taking that first breath, in some ways is a corollary to this Jewish prayer that there are things in a person's life that are going to happen and cannot be controlled. And as you go through life, I've become of the opinion that that is true. And I've mentioned before in this podcast that Matt's life was one of love, one of great compassion, one of great caring, but also one that he felt and he knew was going to end sooner than all of us hoped. And based on this prayer and based on my mother's research and philosophy of astrology, in some ways confirms what Matt's life was about. He led the best life that he could for as long as he could based on the blueprint that he had. So that is one of the lessons that I'd like to impart to the audience in this episode. Another lesson that I've learned is how you deal with grief, how you deal with the great challenges of life truly is the key to life because we are all going to suffer loss. If you live on this planet, you're going to be on a timeline that is going to include grief because you're going to lose people that you love 
because that is just part of the life and death cycle. And the words that I want to impart now are quotations from the diary of Anne Frank. As the world knows, Anne Frank was a 13-year-old Jewish girl who was hiding from the Nazis in Amsterdam. On her 13th birthday, on June 12, 1942, she received a diary as a birthday present. For the next two years, she chronicled her life in this secret annex with her parents and some other people that were hiding from the Nazis. This is one of the most well-read books in the world. Her family was eventually discovered by the Nazis, and she was sent to a concentration camp in Bergen-Belsen in March 1945, died of typhus. Her writing during this time is incredible because there's a, she was a young girl facing death at a young age, not knowing what her future was going to be, and she was very insightful. So I'd like to give you some quotes that she imparted to the world and really has affected me. She wrote on October 30th, 1943, sometimes I think God is trying to test me, both now and in the future. I'll have to become a good person on my own without anyone to serve as a model or advise me, but it'll make me stronger in the end. On February 26, 1944, she wrote, Riches, prestige, everything can be lost. But happiness in your own heart can only be dimmed. It will always be there as long as you live to make you happy again. On April 5, 1944, she wrote, I don't want to live in vain like most people. I want to be useful or bring enjoyment to all people, even those I've never met. I want to go on living even after my death. On July 6, 1944, she wrote, We have many reasons to hope for great happiness, but we have to earn it. And that's something you, can't, you cannot achieve by taking the easy way out. Earning happiness means doing good and working, not speculating, not speculating and being lazy. Laziness may look inviting, but only work gives you true satisfaction. This last quote is the most famous and the one that resonates with me the most and one that I've been moved by for years. And this was written on July 15th, 1944, shortly before her family was discovered by the Nazis and she was taken to a concentration camp, which eventually led to her death. She wrote, it's a wonder I haven't abandoned all of my ideals. They seem so absurd and impractical. Yet I cling to them because I still believe in spite of everything, that people are truly good at heart. And again, considering where she was at her young age, that is an incredible statement for her to make, knowing that her young life was a great risk and would probably end soon, which it did. And I think the lesson that I learned from the quotes of Anne Frank are that we are all similar to Anne in the sense 
that every single day is a gift and the future's uncertain. She obviously was in a horrific situation that would lead to her demise. Unfortunately, many people are in similar situations dealing with mental health issues that they may not tell anybody, even their closest, dearest friends and family members. And I believe in some ways there's an analogy between the dire circumstance that resulted in Anne Frank's passing and the passing of many people, including my son, Matt, who passed by suicide because they are dealing with a fatal brain disease that is a threat to their well-being and can eventually lead to their demise as it did with my son, Matt. And just like Aunt Frank, Matt knew he was in a very precarious situation and very dangerous situation, but was determined to live the best, caring, loving, compassionate life that he could for as long as he could, as Anne Frank did. So the lesson that I've learned from the quotations of Anne Frank is that we all should heed her words of wisdom, live the best life we can live every single day. That is the right thing to do, is the best thing to do, and will enrich in the lives of ourselves and all around us. And that's a lesson that is something that I've learned as a very young person reading Anne Frank's diary as a child in school, but has really resonated with me after the passing of my son, Matt. I would now like to take a short break and thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we'll be right back with more lessons that I have learned from the passing of my son, Matt. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into what my son's death by suicide taught me about life. 
If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for listening, and I want to tell you about the lessons that I learned from my father. People that have listened to this podcast know that I talked many times about my father and my mother. My mother passed away two days after Matt passed away. Matt passed away on July 22nd, 2018, and my mother passed away on July 24th, 2018. They were very close. My father passed away on September 29th, 2012, some seven years ago. And at his funeral, my eulogy consisted of telling the lessons that I learned from my dad. And I feel these lessons that I learned from my dad are very similar and relevant to the lessons that I learned from Matt's passing. So I want to read to you what I said at my father's eulogy. My dad taught me so much about life. He taught me that there's two types of problems in life. Those that you can control, and since you can't control them, don't worry about it. The other type of problems are those that you cannot control. And since you cannot control them, my father believed you should not worry about it. This obviously was a very unique philosophy that worked so well for him because he was the happiest individual I've ever met. He was able to go through life and truly minimize his worrying based on his philosophy that if you can control it, don't worry about it. If you can't control it, don't worry about it. He never took life too seriously. He loved being a Buffalonian. He was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. And he viewed his lifelong experiences as a basis of the way he led his life. There's a nickname for the city of Buffalo called the City of No Illusions. It's a very wonderful city with tough weather. There's an old joke that Buffalo has two seasons, the 4th of July and winter. And you have to realize that dealing with tough winters is something that, again, you cannot control, so don't worry about it. But what you can control is how you react to it, and that is the best way to live the best life you can there. And that's what my father did. My father always told me to laugh a lot. No matter what happened in life, laugh. He told me to be strong but gentle. He was a member of the Jolly Roger bomb group in World War II fighting in the Pacific Theater. He was a first lieutenant in the Army Air Corps as a bombardier on a B-24. He was supposed to be sent home after 25 missions but he actually flew 51 missions during the war to help 
save the world. After having such a heroic service in the military, he became a lifelong pacifist, always advocating for world peace. He was the type of man that Walt Whitman described when he said we need men, we meet, we need men made of steel and velvet. My father also told me to enjoy every day to the fullest. He would tell me with a smile on his face that he heard a crazy rumor that no one gets out of this world alive. And he said, I think they're right. He then told me, do not be afraid of death. He said he had no fear of death, had no regrets, and would not change anything in his life. That is the definition of a life well led. No matter what happens, always keep your sense of humor. In fact, when he was very ill at the end of his life, and I know he wasn't feeling well at all, I would come into his hospital room and I'd ask him, Dad, how do you feel? And he'd look at me and he would say, with my hands, which obviously was a joke to make me laugh, which amazed me that literally on his deathbed, he was telling jokes and wanted to make me laugh because he knew that it was going to be tough for me to see him at the end of his life. This has helped me so much with the loss of my son, Matt, because what my father said about life and death not only applied to him, it applied to me and my family. My father came up with this incredible philosophy, even though he had lost two children. My mother and my father had two sons that passed away. One was older than me, one was younger than me. I was too young to remember them. Their, name were, their names were Burton and William. My parents talked of them throughout my whole life. And my mother, to the day she died, grieved their loss. And my father grieved their loss, but it did not prevent him from living the life that he needed to live in the best, happiest, most productive way that he could. And I think he imparted that zest for living to not only me, but to my son, Matt. Matt was very connected to my father, spent a lot of time with my father because my parents moved to the Orlando area when Matt was three years old. So Matt spent his entire life being around his parents, my, my parents, his grandparents, and hearing my father's philosophy of life, which I think made a huge impact on Matt. My father and Matt were very connected in life, and I 
believe now they are connected after their passing together in death. And the lesson that I learned is that even though my father died at 91 and my son Matt died at 32, which seems so different from the standpoint of a very long life and a very short life, I believe that the similarities greatly outweigh the differences. Both my father and my son made the most of their days on this planet, knowing that every day is a gift and that every day has to be lived to the fullest. And that is exactly what they did. And so the lessons that I learned from my father have been so helpful with the lessons that I had to learn from Matt's passing. I would like to take another short break and want to thank you so much for listening. And I want to continue with these lessons after this short break. Again, thank you so much. I'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red Set. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to talk about a letter to the editor that was in the Orlando paper a few days ago. And I want to read it to you and explain why I feel this is so important. This letter is titled, A Plea to Improve Mental Health Care. It reads, quote, two weeks ago, my best friend of over 40 years died by suicide. He was highly educated, worked hard to provide a comfortable lifestyle for his family. He retired six months ago, looking forward to the next chapter of his life. He left behind a loving wife of over 30 years, two beautiful and successful adult, adult daughters, grandchildren, sibling, in-laws, and close friends. Why did this happen? For over 20 years, he was successfully treated for depression. Then suddenly, his antidepressant medication stopped working. His psychiatrist tried new drugs. He had a mental health counselor. When he developed insomnia, 
he was afflicted with acute anxiety. Unsatisfied by the treatment progress, he checked himself into an inpatient center for more evaluation. After four days of testing, including blood, urine, MRI, psychiatric evaluation, sleep studies, and individual group therapy, he was discharged. The next day, he took his life, he took, the next day, he took his own life at home. Why has so much progress been made in other healthcare areas? Diagnostic imaging, orthopedic care, cardiovascular care, renal care, cancer diagnosis, and treatment. And yet, mental health remains poorly diagnosed and even poorly treated. My plea to our society is to cooperate with the private health sector and engage the generosity of our nation to improve mental health care. People are literally dying while we're wasting valuable time and money instead of getting to work on this, to address this national crisis. Let's get to work. This letter to the editor that I read just clearly exemplifies what Matt's legacy is going to be through my life. For the listeners who have been so kind to listen to this podcast, you know that Matt spent his 32 years on this planet helping his fellow human being, helping making this world a better place, and helping humanity any way he could. And he was loved by all those that he touched because he did that. My job for as long as I'm on this planet is to make my life's work a continuation of Matt's legacy because he is no longer here to continue this work. And the letter that I just read is just an example of how we have to, as a society, marshal all of our resources to address the suicide epidemic that is taking our best and our brightest from us. Every single day, I scan the newspapers, internet, television to learn as much as I can about the suicide epidemic in an effort to attempt to come up with a game plan that, again, that can address it and try to stop it. And this is exactly what Matt would want me and my family to do. And the fact that you've listened to this podcast, I think, is a wonderful testament to your understanding that we need to do something about this epidemic. I thank you for doing that. I'd like to close with this, a summary of the lessons that I have learned from Matt's passing. The reason I called the podcast what I did what my son, Death by Suicide, taught me about, about life is because that is exactly the journey that began with his passing on July 22nd, 2018, and will continue for as long as I'm alive. I'm going to continue to learn as to why people die by suicide, what can be done and what should be done and what needs to be done to prevent it. The biggest things that I've learned are 
obviously, number one, everything is temporary. Nothing lasts. There is no permanency. All we can do is enjoy the present. That is all we have. As the listeners who've listened to the prior episodes of this podcast know, earlier this year, I went to Israel with my wife, Debbie, to put prayer notes in the Western Wall for our son, Matt, my mother, my father, and my best friend from Buffalo, who I knew since I was 12 years old, Ted Brenner, who also passed away a few weeks after Matt and my mother. And although the city of Jerusalem is thousands of years old, it really just exemplifies what exactly I'm talking about. All of the empires that have come and conquered Jerusalem eventually disappeared. Whether it was the Romans, the Byzantines, the Crusaders, the Turks, none of them lasted. We are all here for a short time, and we all have to realize we have to make every single day count, because that's all we have. The second lesson that I've learned is there absolutely is no control over death. No matter how many medical journals you're going to read, no matter how many internet articles about what you should eat, how you should exercise, what precautions you should take to prevent this disease or that disease or this safety appliance or that safety appliance, which is all great things to do, the one guarantee is that, as my father said, Nobody's going to get out of here alive. We're all on a timeline. If you live on this planet, you're on a timeline of grief. You will lose people that you love, guaranteed. If you don't lose them, it's because you passed away and they're grieving you. And the lesson I learned from that is don't take any of your loved ones for granted ever. We never did that in my family. Perhaps it was because I knew my parents lost two children and I knew that people lose children every single day of the week, which they do. You pray to God that it won't happen to you, but when it does, you realize this is just the reality of the world. And no matter how wonderful your relationship is with your child, no matter how much love you gave and received from your child, no matter how much your child gave to the world and to society to make it a better place, we could not have controlled Matt's passing. If we could have, we would have. We didn't because we couldn't. And that is the reality that I have learned since Matt's passing. As I mentioned with my father's eulogy, the third lesson 
that my dad told me all the time was to live each day like it's your last because one day you will be right. My father used to tell me that and then he would laugh. And my father loved laughing, but truer words were never spoken. He used that philosophy to make the fourth lesson that I want to tell you about really resonate with me. He told me that it's our job, as long as we're alive, to make the world a better place every single day that we're here. I believe my father did that. I believe my mother did that. I believe my best friend, Ted Brenner, did that. And I absolutely know my son, Matt Adler, did that until he passed away on July 22nd, 2018. For that, I thank God that I was so fortunate to be Matt's father. I thank God for every single day that I had with Matt. He was an absolute joy to raise as a child and to see him grow into a loving, caring, compassionate adult. I spoke about the last time that I saw Matt. He came in to see my mother to wish her a bon voyage because she was in hospice care and Matt was saying goodbye to her, never knowing that we were also saying goodbye to Matt. I was taking back to the airport to go. He had some work to do in San Diego, and he was going to come back for my mother's funeral when she passed away. And obviously, he never made it back because he passed away two days before she did. But on that drive to the airport, we talked about life and death because obviously my mother was dying. Matt never, ever, ever mentioned anything about his impending death, but we certainly had a deep philosophical conversation, and I told him that I was so proud of him. He told me that he realized that it's not what happens to you in life, it's how you deal with it. And I told him I was so proud of how he had dealt with all of the challenges in his life. He told me that it was the happiest time of his life. He loved living in California. He loved his life out there. He could not have been happier. And he felt a peace and contentment that he never experienced previously in his adult life. As a parent, that was the best words I could ever hear from a child. That was the last time I saw him. We hugged each other and knew we'd be seeing each other soon, but we didn't because Matt passed away. I believe there will be a day we see each other again and we will hug each other again. So my last lesson that I've learned is to take each single day and make the most of it. Matt did that and he taught me how to live the best life you can for as long as you're on this planet. And for that, Matt, I'd like to thank you for being my son and telling me these lessons that I'm going to
make a staple of my life until we're reunited again. I'd like to thank you, the audience, for listening to the podcast. As I mentioned, this is the final episode of this first season of the podcast. I'm going to be taking a break for now, but I want to thank you all so much for listening. I want you all to know that I appreciate all of the listeners, emails, calls, people that I've met from this podcast. And I want to wish you all a very, very happy and productive new year. This is uh, in December 2019, right around the new year. And so I'm wishing everybody a happy new year, a healthy new year. And I want you all to stay well until we meet again. And again, thank you so much for listening. And again, stay well until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in to What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. We hope we've given you some insight concerning the issues of surviving and thriving after the suicide death of a loved one during our program today. Please join your host, Marshall Adler, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you have a good week.